This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Fern Lullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance. We can never control anyone else's actions. The only thing we ever control in life is ourselves. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle, but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to. Forgiveness is an ongoing choice that we make. Oh, if only we could put our family and work and relationships in different boxes. (laughs) Wouldn't that be the best? Why doesn't IKEA do something, you know, where you can (laughs) file them all away? Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So without further ado, let's get into you. I'm quite happy just to crack on and go for it. Okay, so are you ready to go? Yes, let's do it. Hello, hello. I'm so glad you could join me for another episode of the podcast where love and science intersect for a psychological exploration of our romantic relationships. It must be into you. Today, you join me for part two of our chat with relationship coach Claire Grigson about cheating and betrayal. Last time, Claire discussed the psychology behind what could lead someone to cheat. If you have an insecure attachment style, I would imagine that you're more prone to cheating because it's more difficult and more scary for you to have the honest conversations that we need to have in a relationship. And opened up about her own experience with betrayal. A year after we got married, I found out that my ex-husband had cheated on me on a night out. It's sort of a one-time thing and he actually came home from the night out and told me. Today, Claire talks about the danger of not being honest in our relationships. When we push these things down, when we hide them, when we suppress them, at some point they are going to come back up, they are going to come to light. And emphasises how important it is to know what your limits are in love. This is a deal breaker and I absolutely know that I do not want to continue in this relationship. But first, I thought we'd get the technicalities out of the way because when it comes to modern day affairs, there's one particular topic we definitely needed to address. I couldn't talk to you about cheating without bringing up social media. And how do you think social media has changed cheating and betrayal? It feels like maybe it's made it easier. I would absolutely agree with that because not only do we have social media, we've got the dating apps. It's become the norm to send people DMs to be able to start up dynamics and connections in that way. So I do believe it is easier. You can go onto Instagram. There's a multitude of single men and single women out there. It's very easy to connect with people. You know, if we go back to, I don't know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, before people had mobile phones, you can imagine there would be a lot of effort going into having an affair. (laughs) You can't just like send somebody a, a WhatsApp. You're probably having to ring a house phone. Now, how difficult is that when somebody is living with their partner to be able to do that in secret? I mean, I guess there was emails at work that you could do or you could go to a pay phone. But I think logistically, it, it was more difficult back then. And I'm sure the people that wanted to are always going to find a way. But social media has made it easier. And I also think it started to blur those lines in terms of what's acceptable and what's non-acceptable because something that comes up for my clients and has come up for myself is 
what is acceptable in terms of like social media etiquette like is it okay to go on to another woman's social media page and like a photo of her in a bikini when you're in a, you're in a relationship that's going to be so different for everybody so I just think there's almost like more conversations that need to be had around what feels okay and what doesn't feel okay for your partner and is there going to need to be a compromise made because for some people they would go it's just it's just Instagram doesn't mean anything and for other people they're going to go that's absolutely unacceptable and it doesn't make me feel good and I don't want you to do that people are so so different you see it in the comments on social media posts when this kind of thing is being discussed it can be very polarizing the different views around that well I mean at least one thing we don't have to worry about so much now is the payphones. they're on their way out so that's that's one less threat (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness I would love to know if anyone listening has ever used a payphone in the last 10 years (laughs) I was just like because you can't really use a house phone in private unless you were really fancy and you had a cordless one Mm -hmm. but I remember you know when I was young we had a house phone it was blooming wired to the wall you weren't picking that bad boy (laughs) up and hiding anywhere so (laughs) but you're absolutely right I think these days we kind of need multiple conversations around cheating cheating the social media era you know (laughs) all different topics around that yeah absolutely so is there anything that you can do to make it less likely that a partner will cheat on you because I mean the reason that I ask this is it's so easy when you have been cheated on to feel like was any of this in my control? Could I have done something different that would have prevented this? Is that something, in your opinion, that you could do something different to prevent it? Or is it kind of like, if you want to do it enough, you're just going to do it? Yeah, so I think with this, it's really, really important that we remember that we can never control anyone else's actions the only thing we ever control in life is ourselves like how we show up how we choose to respond and react how we act I think it's important if there is a pattern so if you have had multiple relationships where you know you have been cheated on or you have been the one who has been cheating to look at what are kind of the common factors there is there a certain type of person that I am attracted to or choosing? Were there red flags in those relationships that I chose to ignore? Are there areas that could have been improved? So what was your communication like with your partner in all of those relationships? How was physical intimacy? Did you feel emotionally close? Were you spending quality time together? Was there other factors that were coming into play? Because I think it's really important that we take accountability for ourselves and not in terms of a, this is my fault that I've been cheated on because it's not, that is a decision that your partner has made themselves. But I think it's important to take accountability for the health of the relationship. And I always describe it as when we're in a relationship, you've got you, you've got your partner and you've got the relationship. It's almost like a separate being and we have to, nourish that we have to reflect on that we have to look at are there any areas that need improved and we have to put effort into that because I think people sometimes think oh you get into a relationship with the right person and it's just easy and there's not any issues I genuinely don't believe that's true like relationships do take work it's got to be reciprocal it's got to be on both sides so I think just again looking through the lens of curiosity and not criticism in terms of okay, this is interesting. I've got information here that I've been in several relationships and there's been a common theme of infidelity. Let's take a step back, zoom out, look at the bigger picture and just see, are there any 
common factors here? Are there any areas where I could make change? Do I need to improve my communication skills? Do I need to get better at expressing my wants and needs to a partner? Do I need to get curious about my attachment style and whether that's playing into the type of people that I'm attracting to and choosing. So I think it's taking accountability for what we can take accountability for without blaming ourselves for someone else's action. Because I do still believe at the end of the day, it is the other person's choice to do that. And that is not a reflection on your self-worth or that you have done something to deserve that. And how kindly put that is that you've just said, because I think, you know, the alternative to that, which people often play out in their head is there's something wrong with me. Why is this happening to me? You know, it's either very much victim mentality or it's kind of there's got to be something wrong with me and internalising it. And it's nice to be able to take accountability, like you say, but also just look at it with curiosity rather than with kind of judgment. Self-compassion is so key in all of this. And it's really interesting. So if I reflect back on when there was infidelity in my marriage, the first thing that came up for me at that point, because I wasn't the person then that I am now is I blamed myself. I was like, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not funny enough. I'm not good enough. What have I done to deserve this? And it was very much a victim mentality. And the problem with that is it really disempowers you. It leaves you in a position where you feel very, very stuck. The most empowering thing you can do is to take accountability in terms of okay, this is really painful in this moment. There may still be those automatic thoughts and feelings that come up of I'm not good enough or there's something wrong with me, but recognizing that that comes from a younger part of yourself, sort of inner child work, which if people are curious, go and look it up. It's a, a really powerful thing to do. But being able to separate that and go, okay, how can I look after myself in this moment? What do I need moving forwards and again looking through the lens of curiosity and I want to add that that can be very difficult to do right in that moment and I think it's important in the beginning that we're just taking it day by day we're looking after ourselves doing the basics and it's sometimes only with a little bit of time that we're able to really step back and reflect on what's happened. You talk about inner child work there. Can experiences from your childhood make you more susceptible to being either cheated on or cheating? Yeah, absolutely. Between the ages of a newborn and seven years old, this is when we are essentially programmed with the majority of our belief systems about the world around us, about ourselves, about other people and about relationships. So the relationship between our parents, our primary caregivers that we witness when we are growing up will absolutely have an impact on the choices that we make when we become adults if we do not start to become aware of, oh, okay, what's going on? What are the choices that I'm making? So the mind tends to seek the familiar. So if you have experienced a dynamic as a child where perhaps your dad cheated on your Mom, I'm just plucking that as an example. There's so many different examples we could use. But if you experience that as a child, it can be more likely that that is what is going to play out in your own adult life, because that is actually what feels familiar on a subconscious level. We are attracted to people who give us the same emotional experience that we experienced in our childhoods. And again, it is really important that we look at this through a lens of curiosity and not criticism, because when we start to become aware of this, 
it's quite confronting. It can be quite confronting to go, oh my God, like I can see how this has kind of played out and I can see that these are the choices that I've made and it's very easy to beat ourselves up. But we can only ever act from our level of awareness at the time and we're all constantly evolving and growing. So it's important to remember that the choices that you make now will probably be different from the choices you make in five years, which will be different from the choices you make in 10 years. And the same going back the way, you know, the choices that I made 10 years ago are very different from the choices that I would make now due to my level of awareness. This felt very freeing. The notion that everything is changing all of the time and that being the case, our past doesn't necessarily have to define our future. We can learn from the choices we made before and give ourselves permission to move forward with a new and fresh perspective. Suffice to say, I was intrigued to find out more, so I decided to go on a fact-finding mission and find out some more about what the research says around cheating and betrayal in love. So, up first, 74% of men and 68% of women admit they would cheat if it was guaranteed they'd never get caught. Mm, Are they sorry or are they just sorry you found out? Estimates suggest that up to 25% of married individuals worldwide have engaged in extramarital affairs. That's one in four, my goodness. 60% of affairs start with close friends or co-workers. Interesting that more often than not, it's actually someone you know quite well. And estimates suggest that over one-third of divorce filings in the United States cite social media as a contributing factor. Yeah, I guess sometimes we like pictures just a little bit too much. idea of being able to take responsibility for the part we might have played in a relationship going awry without the need to shame ourselves or believe it was all our fault. The more we can understand ourselves and explore what has shaped us into the person we have become, the more it seems we might succeed in finding a relationship which is right for us. I was very much enjoying learning about how our mind plays such an important part in who we might be attracted to and was eager to find out how we might respond psychologically in the aftermath of being betrayed. I guess it's sort of second guessing yourself because I don't think anyone enters into a relationship believing that they're with somebody that is going to cheat or that there is going to be betrayal not on a conscious level anyway so I think there can be that feeling of doubting yourself not trusting yourself anxiety and again how that can spill into other areas of your life as well because I think sometimes we have a tendency to want to put things in boxes we're like well my relationship goes in one box and then work goes in another box and then family goes in another box but inevitably they all have a knock-on effect on each other and I know for me that the feeling of not being able to trust myself on a personal level could sometimes then start to show up at work as well and having to remind myself that I'm good at what I do. I've been doing it for a long time. There's no reason for me to doubt or not to trust myself with this. But I think it can have a a huge impact on individuals. And I do believe that it's one of these things where if you haven't experienced it, it can be really sometimes difficult to appreciate the full impact that it can have. And it can truly, you know, it can be devastating. But 
I also think that it's important to remember that you can choose to grow and learn from these experiences as well. And you can actually use it to empower yourself, which I know if you're going through cheating at the moment, just feels so far removed from where you are just now. But it can truly teach you so much about yourself when you go through that and when you reflect and when you yeah, are able just to go through that period of, I guess, like finding yourself again. Oh, if only we could put our family and work and relationships in different boxes. Exactly. Wouldn't that be the best? Why doesn't IKEA do something, you know, where you can file them all away? I know. New business idea. <laughs> that would be amazing. So we've looked at it quite a lot from understandably the side of if you've been cheated on. But I'm interested to sort of flip it over and say, if you have been the one that has cheated on your partner, what do you do? Because what occurs to me is that might be quite a hard thing when you realize oh gosh I've done this you know where do I go from here definitely and again I think this is really really nuanced I don't think it's possible to give kind of advice that is a one-size-fits-all and it certainly wouldn't be right for me to do that but again I think it depends on like what has happened has it been has it been a complete one-off you have been really really drunk or you've been under the influence of drugs I'm not saying I'm excusing it with those factors but that can be different from somebody who has been having a six-month affair with a co-worker and there's been multiple meetups and there's ongoing conversation and communication. I think that the first step is actually stepping back and starting to understand it for yourself in terms of what led me to take these actions. And I think that is important because it's very difficult for the other person if they can't understand why you've done what you've done. My personal belief is honesty is the best policy. I would much rather that a partner was honest with me, even if they had cheated, rather than that ignorance is bliss Mm -hmm. and just pretending that everything is fine and dandy. Because again, cheating is often a symptom that there's something else going on in the relationship that needs addressing. And I think when we push these things down, when we hide them, when we suppress them, at some point they are going to come back up. They are going to come to light. I think for your partner, it's going to be preferable for them to hear that information from you rather than through a third party or finding that information for themselves. It must be a scary thing to do because we hear these things, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. Lots of people have the view that if you've been cheated on, you should absolutely walk away and that, you know, there is no fixing it. What's your opinion on that? Can relationships ever survive cheating? I believe that they can. I think it takes understanding, self-awareness on both sides, compassion and an ongoing choice to forgive because I think this is one of the myths of forgiveness is you choose to forgive someone for cheating and that's it it's a one-time thing and I don't believe that I believe that forgiveness is an ongoing choice that we make if we've been cheated on and we choose to stay in the relationship there are going to be things that come up that trigger us that remind us of that time or our partner does something to annoy us and forgiveness is that ongoing choice I'm choosing to forgive you for that behaviour in this moment. It's not something that we do once. It's not something, oh, I forgive you. (laughs) And then that's it. If you think that's what it is and you say, oh, you know, I forgave my partner and that was it. I would imagine that there's a lot of 
suppression and denial going on as well. I do believe that relationships can survive cheating, but I do think that it requires understanding on both sides and also a willingness to work on the relationship and to want truly want to be in that relationship because recovering from infidelity is tough. It's really, really challenging. There's no way around that. And my own personal experience of that, I wasn't able to do that, but that doesn't mean that other people wouldn't be able to. Was there anything that could have helped you to rebuild that trust in somebody after an experience like this? What was important for me was verbal reassurance that he wanted to be in the relationship, that he wanted to work on things, that he wanted to make things better. Probably my top love language is physical touch. So for me, a physical affection is very important. Honesty and transparency. So your partner feeling comfortable enough to speak up when there is an issue or when they're feeling annoyed. Because I think when I reflect back on my own experiences, a theme that came up for me was I think my ex-partner felt afraid to bring things up because he worried about my reaction because he didn't want me to be upset. And for me, there was a lot more that I could have done around regulating my nervous system, around building my own self-relationship, building that security within myself so that I wasn't putting everything on him at the same time. But again, I was a different person then. I didn't have this level of awareness. I hadn't done a lot of the inner work. It's the small things. It's the reassuring message. It's getting a hug at the end of the day. It's sitting down and having a conversation. And I think it's been able to have the uncomfortable conversations as well when perhaps you've noticed that I don't know there's been a change in physical intimacy or you're not having as many just general sort of conversations and being able to bring that up and talk about it without ending in an argument or one partner getting really really upset because I think sometimes that can lead to the other partner being afraid to bring it up in the first place and then again it becomes this place of we're not allowed to talk about certain things because it doesn't feel safe yeah slippery slope yeah. 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 And so what would you say as somebody who has been cheated on yourself, Claire, what would you say to somebody who maybe is going through this right now and has been cheated on? So the first thing I would say is look after yourself, be really kind to yourself, know that this hasn't happened because there's something wrong with you. This isn't a reflection on your self-worth at all. I think what is really, really important to be able to do is take a step back and reflect on like what is really important to me in a relationship and do I feel that I want to have that within this relationship so do I want to work on this relationship or do I feel that this has crossed the line and I just know in my gut that I'm not going to be able to move forwards I think it's important to know that sometimes you're not going to know the answer right away. And sometimes we need to stay and we need to try before we can go, do you know what? I tried and I just couldn't do it. For other people, it's going to be more of a feeling of this is a deal breaker. And I absolutely know that I do not want to continue in this relationship. But I think the most important thing to know is you are valuable. You are worthy. This isn't a reflection on you as a person. You will get through this. It's really, really painful at the time, but you will get through it. And as much as it doesn't feel like it right now, this is a massive opportunity for growth. 
to be able to work on your own self-relationship and to figure out what's really important to me and what are the steps that I can take to move towards that. Well, that leads beautifully on to my million dollar question that I ask in every single episode, because I really believe that we can gain valuable lessons, like you said, from everything that we go through, good or bad, it's an opportunity to grow and to develop. So what can we learn about ourselves or about relationships from the topic of cheating in general? I think that sometimes people will behave in a way that is out of character that it's about understanding where that action came from so I guess what we can learn about cheating is nobody's perfect and sometimes people will do something and they truly truly regret it and they will never ever do that again and for some people it's a pattern so I think it is about being curious with ourselves trying not to be critical and as much as possible showing ourselves and others compassion, but also being clear on what our boundaries are and what is and is not acceptable to us. I think what I learned from listening to your experience was two things, really. One, that relationships can be incredibly unpredictable, even when you think you know the person inside out and you think, yeah. you know, you've got it all down and suddenly something happens that you weren't expecting, but also that you can handle things that maybe at the time you think you might never get through. Absolutely. I think that is probably the key takeaway, whatever anybody is going through, that you will get through it and you will be able to look back and be proud of yourself for getting through that as well. And sometimes we don't realise how strong and how resilient we are until we have to go through a challenge like infidelity. I always like to describe it as alchemizing pain into power. We've got two choices when we've been cheated on. We can stay in a victim mentality. Poor me, this was so dreadful. This is absolutely awful. I didn't deserve this. And as much as those feelings come up and they're valid, if we stay in that, it's very disempowering. Or we can go, okay, I went through that. And that was really challenging. But what can I learn from this? How can I grow? And what can I take from this and do differently moving forwards for me? Mm, lovely. That's really nice. So that's all of my questions, Claire, and we've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything that you'd like to add on this topic? The most important relationship we are ever going to have is a relationship with ourselves. And when we can learn to build like a loving, trusting, secure relationship with ourselves, that will be reflected back to us in our external relationships as well. I think that is the most important thing that we can focus on initially, wherever we are in life is, how is the relationship with myself right now? And making that a priority. And when we do that, we will often find that our other relationships improve as a result of that. I'm sure that so many people have got so much from listening to your words and the support that you've given throughout this podcast. If people want to find out more about you and more about your work, where can we go? So I am most active on Instagram. It's Claire underscore Gregson underscore coaching. I'm also on TikTok. You'll find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can drop me an email as well on Claire at ClaireGregson.com. But absolutely slide into the DMs. I'm always happy to have a chat to see if I can support you. Just like I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Slid right into the DMs. <laughs> I'll lead the way. I'll take one for the team. And I'm very glad I did, Claire, because it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've got so much out of our chat today. 
Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Fern. It's been an absolute pleasure. Claire had plucked such a beautiful message out of such a heart-wrenching subject. I'm always in awe of how resilient we are as human beings and how even in the moments when we convince ourselves we might never get over something, we constantly continue to prove that fear wrong and sometimes even thrive from it. As always, I want to hear from you. What conversations around cheating do you think are important in a relationship? And what do you think might need to happen in order to move on after an affair? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. Special thanks to my wise and inspiring guest, Claire Grigson, whose links will, of course, be in the show notes. Also to Josh Holland for technical support and the manager of AMI, Andy Frank. Leave me your feedback at feedback at ami.ca. And if you liked what you heard, make sure to search for Into You on your favourite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first Thursday of every month. Because, hey, you just never know what we might uncover together next. 